Sports fans, you are listening to Philly vs. the World, a sports podcast through WHIP with three guys from three different sports cities debating sports topics. Now your hosts, Chris Kofsky, John Iliano, and Drew Bishop. Big night tonight, Monday Night Football. John Iliano has a date, and the Eagles are taking on the Redskins with maybe their season on the line tonight. Guys, this is a big game, Drew. Big for you because you're a Cowboys fan. Two teams that you probably want to see them lose this game. Yeah. John, I know you want to see your, your boys in the green tonight win. What do you guys expect out of this game tonight on Monday Night Football? Well, first off, you, you kind of have a, a desperation of two teams because the Dallas Cowboys are putting the heat on at this point. So you've seen the Dallas Cowboys get a quality win, an undeniably quality win on Thursday night. And as the Eagles and the Redskins, this weekend went nearly as good as it possibly could have for you guys. Uh, I know the Panthers lost, uh, the Seahawks won, but Panthers lost, Vikings lose, Packers lose, Falcons lose. Those are teams that are essentially kicked out, if not put down in the wild card race. So the Eagles and the Redskins both have to compete for wild card as well as divisional spots tonight. Uh, I expect this to be a real knockout drag down game but I really expect the Eagles to rise to form the at least somewhat we expect them to I expect their offense to to expedite and be able to get down the field uh quicker than they have in the past few weeks and put the Redskins away hopefully early so who do you got winning tonight then Eagles Eagles what you got a score uh I'd say probably like a, a 30 to 16 type game something 30 to 20 something around that okay Chris I mean I think this is a game for the Eagles where it it's make or break. This is their season on the line. If they don't win this game, I know maybe statistically they could still be alive in it, but if you can't beat the Redskins with how injury depleted they are without Alex Smith, with Colt McCoy under center, then you don't deserve to be in the playoffs. But I, I really think the Eagles, like Drew said, they should come out strong and fast, pound the ball with Josh Adams a lot, give him you know 15 to 20 carries, take the bulk of the load off of Carson Wentz. You know, Let him make the passes when he needs to make those passes, and I think they'll have no problem. And the best part about it is Monday night, you know the Philadelphia Eagles fan base are going to be fired up in the link tonight on Monday Night Football. I'm taking the Eagles to win this game 28 to 17. All right, guys, I like this. I think the Eagles will win a very close game, very close. I'm talking last possession. They win the game. Really? Yeah. I this is a this is the NFC East rivalry and all NFC East games, they tend to be very close. Monday night football. I think the Eagles are going to start out slow as usual. I don't think that's going to change for the rest of the season, unfortunately. I just think the Redskins they are obviously the underdogs in this game. The spread is six and a half the last time I checked. And that's disrespectful to the uh, Washington Redskins. In Even my with opinion. all those injuries, you think yeah. it's disrespectful? I think it's disrespectful, yes. And um, I think the link is going to be lit. Monday Night Football, thank God they're not black- bringing out the blackout jerseys because that would have been three straight home games in a row. That's, <laughs> that would have been really annoying. But I think the Eagles win this game 20-17 to 17 on a last-second Jake Elliott field goal. And I'll give you the yardage, 48 yards. He knocks it down Broad Street. Eagles win twenty to seventeen. Over under, how many things are thrown at Booger McFarland tonight on that on that cam? Oh my god! <laughs> I'll, I'll say three and a half should be the over and under, and I'm going to take the over. Yeah, I'm taking the over all day on that. I think they're yeah. going to they're going to really rip into they're Booger gonna McFarlane. They're going to kill him. I know. It's, that is, but that's so <laughs> messed up to have that stupid cable just following the game like that. It's blocking people's views. But anyway, all right, now, let's go let's to the move next on. one. The Packers yesterday, surprising breaking news, fired their head coach, Mike McCarthy, after 13 seasons and after a bad loss to the Cardinals. 
You guys think that was disrespectful from the Packers to fire McCarthy midseason? Drew, we'll start with you. No, of course not. Uh, we're talking about a business here, and uh, whenever you get into the ideas of respect and honor and <clears throat> and loyalty, you completely lose sight of what we're really doing, and that's running a business. And you know, you can you can argue all you want about the front office spending and how the Packers uh, were kind of cheaping out on a a team that has been solid for the few weapons Rodgers has had over the past few years. At the end of the day, McCarthy just was not able to perform. You, you gave him last season as kind of a throwaway when, when your starting quarterback is hurt half the season, but you've got him healthy, and at this point, it's just not the results that you need. One Super Bowl with this guy is not enough. And, and to be honest, I haven't seen the Packers as a, as a real solid contender, only as a dark horse, uh, in a while. It's been a while since we've seen them as a true, formidable uh, monster in the NFC. I had the Packers as my Super Bowl team this year. Um, but as far as McCarthy being fired, no. It's not disrespectful. What's the difference of him playing the rest of the season and getting fired at the end of the season anyway? He's going to get fired no matter what. You knew if the Packers didn't make a significant run in the playoffs and, and really contend this year, he was done anyway. I mean, he has a great career record with 125 wins, 77 losses, and two ties. But 10-8 and eight in the postseason just doesn't get it done. doesn't matter how great of a coach you are in the regular season. If you can't get it done in the postseason, then you're, no, you're not going to be successful. And I really think it came down to Aaron Rodgers was probably getting sick of Mike McCarthy too. I mean... They seemed like they were buttonheads towards the middle of the season. He wasn't calling great plays on offense. And, I mean, you lose to a game at home in basically cold conditions where the Packers rise to the occasion most of the times. You lose to a rookie quarterback in Josh Rosen. I mean, I know Mason Krause missed that field goal, but that game shouldn't have been close to begin with. I think they made the right moves. I mean, it, he was going to get fired at the end of the season anyway. What's the point of doing it now? You guys are disrespectful to Mike McCarthy. Unbelievable. You guys are as he? disrespectful. Hold on. You guys are as disrespectful. To Mike McCarthy as the Packers are. Mark Murphy, the president, he should have never fired Mike McCarthy this early. Yes, you could fire him. Everyone knew he was going to get fired. But seriously, you could have started the head coaching search without firing this guy. He won you guys a Super Bowl. 13 years he's been in Green Bay. A and, Super Bowl. One. Yeah, did I not say? No, no, I'm just saying. But like, like A Super one, Bowl. That's okay. it. Drew, or Chris, how many is that more than the Jets? How many more is that for the Cowboys, Joe? Well, that's why the okay. Jets and Cowboys time. go through coaches. So but that's what I'm, okay, but I'm just saying he won the Super Bowl for the Packers, a historic organization who prides themselves on being classy. That's not that's not a classy move to fire Mike McCarthy. I mean, they have a, a street named after him, and now you're just going to fire him like that, have a terrible ending? Way to ruin your relationship with Mike McCarthy. Hopefully he doesn't take this personally. I mean, I don't know how you don't. Well, when did head coaching become about – about it's a business. What he did, best. It's, it's a business. I understand it's he, a business. He won you a Super Bowl. Who cares? He's awful. But it's you got been four a, games well, left. So let me ask you this question: Joe Flacco won the Ravens Super Bowl. You have that's no problem. With that's different because he's because he sucked for a lot longer than Mike McCarthy has. Two but, straight losing. But you're seasons, saying right? that McCarthy won a Super Bowl for the, the Packers. Okay, but uh, listen, the Packers haven't been as bad, or Mike McCarthy, his job performance hasn't been as bad as Joe Flacco's job performance. What, what year did the Packers win the Super 2010. Bowl? Twenty ten. Twenty ten. So that's when and the, the Ravens the, won in 2012. And there's a point. I'm not even on the Flacco McCarthy comparison. I'm on the comparison of what have you done for me lately? I, I'm telling you right now. But you're gonna the, fire him in the middle of the season? Is Aaron Rodgers the best quarterback in the NFL? Yes. Then you should absolutely be playing playing at a higher level as a franchise as with with Aaron Rodgers. So it's his fault that his kicker shanked it for the. Th- 20th time. No, but, it, no but it's close. his fault that he is in contention in a game with the league bottom Arizona Cardinals. I understand That's that. his yeah, fault. No, I understand. 20 to 17, Listen, you I'm should not, wash that team. I'm not saying you should 
fire him. You should not fire him. I understand that he should be fired. I would have fired him too. But wait until the end of the season. But what is the this difference? Is just, this is just a bad look on that. But what's the difference? Because of a look? It's a business. It's, like no, Drew you, said, get a cha- it's you get a chance, though. You get a chance that, to test out an interim you, head coach. Listen, I'm all I'm I'm about ethics and I'm about business. I'm a, I have a keen interest in business. And Drew, once you mentioned that business point, you kind of like pushed me over to the other side, but not completely. Mike McCarthy deserved more respect. He deserved to coach towards the end of the season. But That's all. But I'm that saying. doesn't do anything for them. He couldn't bring them to the playoffs. It's embarrassing, though. But the, the way the way he's been team. coaching he this season no, is embarrassing. This. He didn't even get to say goodbye to his team. Didn't even get to say goodbye to them. Why is this That's about a grown up. man's feelings and not a business's decisions? I understand the business part of it, but sometimes it's more than just the business. You can't just look at it. Oh, it's a business. We got to move on. I don't think you should treat employees the way that. The Packers treated Mike McCarthy. That, to me, that's not good ethics, and that's not how a, a good business should be ran. Well, let me ask you this question. If, if this situation happens to Doug Peterson down the line, you, you're telling me midway through the season the Eagles are just terrible. You thought they were going to be great. You know, Peterson, he won you the Super Bowl. You'll, you'll be like, oh, no, let's wait till the end of the season to fire Peterson. Even though he's playing terribly, he's coaching terribly, his team's not winning, his star quarterback can't even get behind him anymore. You'd wish they had fired him wait till the end of the season because I'm a Jeff fan I want the Jets to fire Todd Bowles now I think it's BS what they're doing being respectful for him I don't Good. care he hasn't done anything for the Jets so far yeah okay I understand that and to answer your question it depends how bad the Philadelphia Eagles are but we're not there yet no no so I I the, Packers, really the Packers are, uh, are there are, are, are there they their propensity if they win out it's a it's going to be an eight seven and one season right yeah right All Aaron Rodgers is your quarterback with Aaron Rodgers but he's not 100% though and let's be honest that front office they do not put a good team around Aaron Rodgers. Let's right, or would you agree? Well, you're with cheaping me? them out. Well, you're you're cheap. That's what I mentioned. But I also mentioned the fact that that's a business decision. That is a business's right, and it's not unethical. It would be unethical if they informed Mike McCarthy after the game. You know, you're 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 completely secure. It's totally okay. We have a you know we're gonna stick out with you for the rest of the year. You've got the rest of the year to prove to us. And then they go around and fire him. But no, there. This is something that the league has seen for a while, and and you knew that if the Packers weren't able to make a stab at the playoffs, that that it was inevitable. Yeah. And why drag out the guy till the end of the season, knowing his job's over? How is that more ethical than just ending it now? No. How is leaving the exactly. the horse with the broken leg out to dry in the field <laughs> for another three hours better than just shooting it on the spot? Here comes I, another one of Drew. I, I don't I don't understand, John. <laughs> it's like it's like you couldn't take Old Yeller around the back and, and shoot him. I, I don't get it. Well, why we got to talk about old yellow? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I got I got two things to say before we move on to the next topic. Yeah. One, it's not like McCarthy was just out of surprise. I think he knew that his time what? was coming down to an. Yeah, not think, that soon. You know, as, as an there's ex- no way he thought he was going to get fired at the, after. That I mean, game? come on! After you lose to Arizona, you should probably think twice about your job security. I mean, he knew I it was. Guess, he, he 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 knew it was probably coming. Okay. All right, let's, let's go on to the next topic. What was your second point you said? That? I, I lost that train of thought. All right, whatever. It happens All right. a lot. Next, next question, I'm going to ask this question because I'm really passionate about this su- subject. Oh, okay. <sighs> Is Philip Rivers a Hall of Famer? And you guys better be answering Is, without being high or without drinking. Please give me a good answer. Is Eli Manning a Hall of Famer in your opinion? Not in my opinion. Then no. Philip Rivers can't be a Hall of Famer. Oh. Okay. No. Because I think Eli Manning deserves to be oh. in contention for the Hall of Fame for two titles. God. And if you're not going to put the guy who's drafted in the same draft class as him, who has less Super Bowl titles than him and postseason success, 
then he is not a Hall of Famer. If Phillip Rivers looks, he still has time to be a Hall of Famer, I think. If he makes a run to the AFC Championship, even brings a team to a Super Bowl or something, I'll reconsider it. Because he does play really well during the regular season, but he's another guy, when he gets to the big stage, he doesn't perform as well as he does during the regular season. Exactly. So right now, I'm saying he's borderline no. Okay. I, I'm, I am with you, Chris. I thought you guys were about to just make me go nuts here. I know... The reaction from Drew right now, oh, I can already tell God. I'm going to have to, like, hit him a little bit. Yeah, we have to calm him down. Yeah, we're going to have to calm him down. Yeah, with his pacifier, little 19-year-old Drew. But anyway, listen, Phil Rivers is not a Hall of Famer. He's 4-8 and eight in the playoffs. 4-8. and eight. And we're going to give a guy who's 8th all-time in passing yards, 8th all-time in touchdowns thrown. He turns the ball over a lot. He barely has any success in the, in the playoffs. Why should we re- reward a guy like that? For the Hall of Fame. That makes the Hall of Fame look so weak. And in my opinion, I don't even think Eli Manning's a Hall of Famer. But he's going to get in because he's part of the royal family of the NFL. So in my opinion, Philip Rivers, if he does reach the AFC Championship and wins it and goes into the Super Bowl at least one time, then yes, I'll put him in the Hall of Fame. But he hasn't even reached. He hasn't even reached that point yet. He hasn't even reached past the AFC Championship. Why should we reward a guy like that? People don't want to put Donovan McNabb in the Hall of Fame. He's been in the NFC Championship five times, and he won one of them. Mm-hmm. So I think that's totally disrespectful to Donovan McNabb and Eli Manning if you put Phil Rivers in the Hall of Fame. Really? Yes, Drew. Really? really? Yes. Philip Rivers, man. I, you know, I don't want to go into it that much because I feel like the, the people who understand sports – won't need an explanation. Oh, okay. But Philip Rivers, I don't know if you watched football in like the early like the 2010s, like the prior the early 2000s. Philip Rivers, I put him in a league right outside of of Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I put him I put him within Big Ben's reach to be honest in, in that range. Speaking of uh, if we're going to talk about last night's matchup at all, Philip Rivers is on that vein of a quarterback. Big Ben has blown his fair share of games and been just because his roster has been better over the years long standing and he has a ring doesn't mean that Rivers is any less so the the things that he's accomplished in LA not in in San Diego, I would say. He is the, the the face of that franchise. He, I believe, to be one of the five best quarterbacks probably that I've seen in my life. Let's say. Yeah, five to ten. Probably top five, top ten. We're, listen, we're all young here. We can't. Obviously, he's going to be in the top five that we watch. Well, if, if you watch, can you list five better quarterbacks than that, I've, that I saw? Yeah, than Phillip That's Rivers. what I'm saying. I don't think I can. But you've but, seen a good amount of quarterbacks but in your time. doesn't mean within 22 years. I can. Living. I can. You, you, yeah. Five. All right. Name Brady. Me. Okay. Manning. Yeah. Rodgers. Yeah. Breeze. Yeah. Um, Favre. I watched him back okay. in his career. That's fair. Right. That's fair. That, but but I wouldn't consider. I don't think we. I saw Favre when he's prime time Green Bay. How about how about Maybe I know Minnesota Green uh, Minnesota Brett Favre, which was probably well, I've the best seen. Year I remember of all time Brett Favre in Green Bay. Yeah, a bit. But how about Michael Vick with the Falcons? I mean, it was an ex- he was a different style of play back then. But I it's think the he was ne- more explosive. It's the never ending debate of postseason success versus regular season success. And, and Philip Rivers is the perfect Peyton Manning prototype, where you know. The postseason success has not been as prolific, but you can't deny that regular season games need to go into the Hall of Fame, you know, counting. That's why Eli Manning struggles so much. But Philip Rivers, I will say, that does teeter him a little bit. It does allow debate like this to be open. But I think with his numbers, you, you got to put him in there. You know what it is. This is why Drew 
thinks Phil Rivers should be in the Hall of Fame. It's because Phil Rivers does well in the regular season. You know who else does in the regular season? Or does well in the regular season, but nothing in the playoffs? Andy Reid? No, the Cowboys. So Drew, being a Cowboys fan, is so used to seeing excellence in the regular season. But once it comes to the postseason, he just ignores it. It's not just him. It's all Cowboys nation. So to them, they don't really count the postseason for stuff. (sighs) Drew, I'm sorry, but postseason for Phillip Rivers is not good enough to be in the Hall of Fame. I would like to hear your point. I don't have a point. You just you that. just tried to like digress and distract, and that just yeah. uh, yeah. show up a let's, terrible. Let's, let's go to the next topic on after that one. So sticking with the Chargers, I was actually at this game last night, and I could a hundred percent say this is a hundred percent true. Did the officials cost the Steelers the game last night? A hundred percent, yes. I was there live. I watched that touchdown that Philip Rivers threw to Travis Benjamin. It was 100% a false start. I mean, we see guys every Sunday who flinch a little bit, who probably fart and they call a false start on them. And yet this guy literally comes up, he jumps into a full football stance, the offensive tackle, before three seconds before Phillip Rivers calls hike, and they do not even call a penalty on it. I, I watched it. Chris, Chris, when was this? And what did the – because I think I know what you're talking about. What, when was this that, that this happened? This was in the first quarter. And what, what, the did, what did The false start. Yeah, the false start was in it the first It was a touchdown quarter. to Travis Benjamin, and, and so got them on the board. I believe it resulted in the score being – 13 to 7 Steelers, right? Yes. The Steelers went on to be up 23 to 7. Mm-hmm. And I believe they should have been up 27 7 oh, no, look, if look. they hadn't missed a touchdown. This game, you can't call the false start in the first quarter as the reason that the team blew well, the game. Well, I mean, it was a blatant false start, though. Like, it, I mean, we see guys it's, every Sunday flinch and they call it. This was a blatant two seconds false start before they even. It's bad. Was called hype. But I, I saw the Steelers blatantly blow the game in the second half. No, look, completely I'm not taking, the game. I'm not taking away from that. The, the Steelers 100% cost himself the game in the second half. But that penalty, I mean, I'm a big guy of looking at it like, look, if that they never scored in that drive, Steelers are up by a touchdown still and they win. You know, and, and it doesn't take away from the fact that Steelers did not do – they did not play well. They did not uh, adjust to the second half, half well at all. They stuck a linebacker on Keenan Allen a majority of the game. I mean, they shut down Austin Eckler, but then they couldn't, you know, stop Phil Rivers. And there were so many times on offense where in the first half they went to Antonio Brown because it was one-on-one man coverage with no safety help. And in the second half, they gave him the same look a bunch of times, and Big Ben wasn't throwing to Antonio Brown on the one-on-one coverage. So, yeah, the Steelers really screwed themselves in that game, but that call really did cost them the game as well, in my opinion. I don't think the false start really cost them the game, but that punt return, that cost them. The how, game. how about the two off? How about the three offsides on the field goal? Well, that okay, was but bl- that's fine. But that I'm, was blatantly well, hold on, offsides. One second, the punt return, they should have called that for a block in the back. I don't know if you guys saw it. You were obviously at the game, so it's pretty hard to mm-hmm. identify that. But Drew, you were watching the game, right? Did you see that block in the back on that punt return that Mm-mm. they missed? Mm-mm. You didn't see that? No. So there was a block in the back. And uh, for that punt return touchdown by Desmond King from the Chargers. And it was blatant block in the back. Easy. Even the player who blocked the Steelers player in the back, he put his hands up thinking, crap, I just got caught for this. But no, the refs didn't see that. I think that punt return touchdown, that that went to go tie the game, correct? If I'm not mistaken? Yeah, I believe so. So a punt return touchdown, to score like that is so quick. Honestly, that call cost it. The char- or the Steelers mm-hmm. game, not the false start. The false start one, like you said, it was early enough in the game where you could make up for it, and the Steelers did just completely shut down or have a meltdown in the second half. But I, I just think the Steelers, they just they didn't play well in the second half. That's mm. what cost them the game. Mm. 
Should we move on to the next topic? Yeah, boys? let's let's go to the next topic because right. I'm, I'm sure you guys are really gonna get into this topic, and I'm gonna have to probably break you guys up. All right. Um, are the Cowboys for real? I mean, I I said to Drew the other day when when we were talking that if the Cowboys beat the Saints on Thursday night, they have to be considered a real team. And when he texted us in the group chat, I gave him applause because the Cowboys. I think, you know, you got to take them seriously right now. They, they beat one of the best teams in football, and it's not like they got into a shootout with them. They held that Saints offense to 10 points. 10 points. You held Kamara, Michael Thomas, Breeze, Ingram, the only player to get a touchdown, Temple Zone, Keith Kirkwood. I mean, the Cowboys defense 100% showed up on Thursday Night Football. And you know what? That's what makes it even harder for the Eagles now tonight to be a must-win game because the Cowboys, they're for real right now, and they're getting hot at the right time. And we always you always see it. Teams who get hot at the right moment are usually who, you know, bring that swagger and that winning mentality to the postseason. So I, I think it's time for the Cowboys to be considered a real team. Yeah, and I don't know if I'm really ready to jump on the bandwagon yet myself either because of how little distance they're set. I, I wish the Cowboys had been able to capitalize in, you know, weeks two and three versus Carolina and Seattle and, and been able to win those close games and had this type of team. I wish that they had been able to to you know, play better, play more efficiently against the Titans and get that win. But those games are the reason why I'm still uncomfortable about this football team because they're 7-5. and five. The Philadelphia Eagles winning on Monday night tonight will uh, essentially put them in place to, to even themselves up with the Cowboys the following week. So I haven't seen anything for me to say, yeah, we're locked into playoffs. We're seven and five. You could drop the next you could drop three of the next four and be eight and eight for the season. You could drop two of the next four and be flirting with a nine and seven wild card or division lead. Yes, this defense has proven that it's legitimate. And my question, my interest of, hey, is it the NFC offenses or the NFC defenses that are going to win out? I think that needs more and more attention is do you want the Bears and the Cowboys, or do you want the Saints and the Rams? And that Thursday night win really brought that up for debate, that now we're going to see an interesting postseason where one of these brick walls of defense or offense is going to have to bend. But no, I wouldn't say that they're for real locked into playoffs or, or, or any anything crazy yet at the moment. I would say the Cowboys are for real. And I predicted the Cowboys to win on Thursday night, believe it or not. I was the only one in John DeCarlo's uh-huh. sports writing class, and I got so much crap for it, so much, especially by uh-huh. a lot of guys in this studio. And, I listen, I thought that night I thought the Cowboys, they figured it out. They played good defense, which they did, and give the ball to Zeke. And don't rely on Dak throughout the entire game because that puts way too much pressure on him. And I'm not trying to get into the Dak debate real any like time soon. Well, I'm just saying the Cowboys, they figure it out. Give the ball to Zeke and play good defense and make sure you take Drew Brees off the field. How do you do that? You play good defense and you run the ball. You kill that clock. And that's what the Cowboys did. So I'm going to say, yes, the Cowboys are for real. Hmm. I bet Chris didn't expect that. I, I'm, I'm actually shocked I didn't have to break you two apart right now. But, hey, it's great. I, I love the love in the studio. All right, let's, let's, let's switch gears now. Should the Giants tank for the top pick in the draft after they beat the Bears yesterday? Um, no. Um, they won. Look, a couple. If they didn't lose to the Eagles the other day, they could still be in contention for the division. And I, I saw something today that said that Saquon Barkley said that they're not tanking just yet, that they're playing for each other, and that there are some teams in the NFL that are tanking right now. And I don't think the Giants are one of those teams that want to tank right now because you have a lot to prove. You know, Eli's fighting that he could do another season, even though it seems it seems like it's not going to happen. But, you know, for a player, you have to understand that he's hoping that he can get another season. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but he's playing for that. 
Saquon's playing for the rookie of the year. OBJ's playing that he's worth that money. And and Shermer wants to show that it wasn't a bust for signing him as a coach. So they still have a lot to play for. And I know it's hard to say that when they need so much and you they should tank to get a better draft pick. But I don't think you should intentionally tank right now with a lot to prove. Let me tell you something. They were trying to tank. They were trying to tank. That's why the Eagles won the Giants game last week. Because in the second half, they only gave Saquon Barkley the ball five times. So that's why you think Hold they're on. tanking? Yeah, because Dave Gettleman, the stupid GM that they have in New York or New Jersey, whatever, whatever you want to call it, he's trying to get a quarterback. And I'm sure Pat Shermer and Dave Gettleman had a discussion this week saying, listen, I'm going all out for this Bears game. I'm trying to make sure, like you said, what Shermer is trying to prove that he's a good coach, that it wasn't a bust signing for him. I think Dave Gettleman is pissed that, of how hard his team is playing right now, in a sense, because... Now they have the seventh overall pick. Two weeks ago, they had the third overall pick. Now they have seventh. You know how much it's going to take to jump from seven to one or two if they want a quarterback? Justin Herbert, Will Greer, Dwayne Haskins. There's teams in the top five, Chris and Drew, that don't need a quarterback. So which makes those teams viable to make a trade with teams that do. And I just think the Giants are messing up here. Yeah, you want to play for pride. But long term, this is not this isn't going to work. I, I think with two headliner players like Saquon Barkley and Odell Beckham Jr., you need to to play on. You need to win to win at this point. It, it's been incredibly disappointing, and right now they don't look like they look like a lot of marketable athletes. You know, Odell Beckham Jr. For all the advertisements, all of the the social media interest, all of the the hype surrounding him. Uh, is playing on a losing football team in one of the biggest sports cities in the United States. And I need to see more, as a Giants fan, as a football fan, more performance out of this team that, that has a propensity for greatness. There's something to be said for a team that goes into the end of the season all guns a-blazing, despite a, a, a slow start. Momentum is not just translated from game to game. Momentum is translated from season to season. And right now, the Giants have have two, have a, have a maximum, and they have a minimum. And their minimum wins are going to be four, and their minimum and their maximum losses are going to be 12. And their minimum wins will be eight, and their minimum losses, uh, their maximum wins will be eight, and their minimum losses will be eight. You got an eight and eight or a four and twelve type situation. You got to chase upwards. You got to chase upwards because at this point you, you have the weapons to be able to 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 move on and get different players in different rounds of this draft. Uh, I think they got to win out. They they got to go for wins. I'm looking at the draft projected order right now, and the Giants are sitting pretty to get a quarterback. I mean, the 49ers number one right now. They don't want a quarterback. They got Garoppolo. Trade. They're going to trade out. Oakland. They might need a quarterback. Depends what they want to do with Carr. Jets don't need a quarterback. Arizona doesn't need a quarterback. Detroit, I don't think they're going to go after a quarterback. They're happy with not that they're happy with Stafford, but they invested a lot in him. And then the Giants, and even if they fall, the Browns don't need a quarterback. Atlanta doesn't need a quarterback. Okay, Jacksonville needs a quarterback. Tampa Bay, okay, needs a quarterback. But I mean, but it the, gives those teams up top of the draft, Chris, an opportunity to trade with teams in the teens or with the teams like the Giants. I'm sure the Giants would love to trade up to get a quarterback if they really feel feel necessary to get a quarterback. Okay, yes, but I'm telling you right now, the Giants are going to regret it. They're going to regret not tanking because they should have gotten. They're trying. They should be trying to get Justin Herbert, Will Greer, or Dwayne Haskins. In my opinion, the Giants. Whatever you're playing for your pride right now. Yip did. Yip did he do? Good job. Because half of those players, especially on that defense, they're not going to be there the next two years. So whatever. That's fine with me. I don't want the Giants to do well. But if I'm a Giants fan, I'm pretty pissed. But with that, let's move on to the next topic. Did the college football committee make the right call? 
Who should be in the top four, in your opinion? Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think they got it. They got it right this year. They got yeah. it, and I think it was one of the easiest decisions I've seen in a while. Not a, not quite a. You know, I'm gonna stay up all night and watch Sports Center and see all the, the different, you know, outcomes that'll happen. You didn't see a, a three-way kind of Big Ten dispute like you saw with Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State. Overall, letting a, you know, letting a number two, uh, a two-loss Georgia team, no conference championship, that would have been blasphemy. Letting in an Ohio State team that loses by 29 to an unranked opponent would have been blasphemy. I, I think they got it right. But, you know, what's the point of getting it right when you're just going to get the same result regardless? You're going to get Alabama stomping everyone. I, I think it'll be interesting, the intrigue around Oklahoma's offense and what they could do uh, pound for pound versus Bama and, and how everything's going to play out. But in the end, I think we're going to see a result that that really isn't suspenseful and that we've all been kind of waiting for for months and months. I agree with Drew. I think they got it right. I know, John, you don't agree. You wanted Ohio State to be in it, but... I mean, Oklahoma proved they should be in it over Ohio State. I mean, Oklahoma lost to Texas by three. A ranked opponent. A ranked opponent. And then beat them in the national champion. Ohio State got smacked by Purdue. I get it. I'll, I'll give them that Purdue was home. But they got smacked by Purdue. And and there were several times this season where Oak, they, they, they almost lost to Maryland. You know, they, they, they beat them in overtime. I just think Oklahoma, every game I watched them play, they were so explosive. And, th- and these are two of the top total offenses in college football, so I'll give them that. I'll give Ohio State's defense is probably a little bit better because obviously the Big Ten prides himself off a of defense, and we know the Big 12 is not a defensive, you know, conference. But I think that you, when it's, you have two teams like that, you look, you look at the one loss. That one loss means a lot. Ohio State's loss to Purdue is the reason why they're not in the college football playoff right now. All right, <clears throat> I want to tell you guys something. I'm going to educate you guys a little bit. All right. <laughs> The college football playoff was made so that the four best teams play, not the most deserving teams. Because let me be honest with you. So it's still the same. No, it's not because Ohio State is a better team than Oklahoma right now. If you put them head to head, Ohio State will blow out. You're getting caught up in the Listen, yes, yes. Listen, hold on. Let me finish my point. Oklahoma plays no defense whatsoever. And they make other teams in the Big 12's defense look great. That's how bad the Oklahoma's defense is. And the committee right now, all they care about is offense. It's clear. They don't need to tell us. You might as well not play defense in college football anymore. This message sends, hey, you know what? You don't have to have a good defense to be in the playoff. As long as you can score points, whatever. So, so hold on one second. I think, the, I think Ohio State's loss to Purdue, yes, it was bad. But at least their team is – in my opinion, is better than Oklahoma as a whole. Are they equipped with a with a better defense? Because I saw them give up fifty two versus Maryland. I that, that should have been a loss, by the way, against Maryland. That that's terrible. That that was a terrible game. Ohio State should have blown that easily, uh, walking on eggshells that which, whole time and barely. Which got conference away with it. is better, Big Twelve or Big Ten? Probably Big Ten. Okay, Big Twelve. It's an easy but it's slope. But not, it's not an easy it's slope. Not an it's yes, not an it easy, no, easy slope. It's an easy slope. No, yes, no, no, no. John, John your, your team. It is an easy slope compared to the Big Ten. Yes, give, it is. Give me your best schools in the Big Ten. Michigan, Penn State, Penn State Ohio this year. State. Penn State this year, Penn State, really? Penn State's better than a lot of teams in, in the Big 12. Not when, this season. You don't not, think so? I think Penn State played like crap this year. 
Like Chris, crap. you've got to uh, be on something. Listen, right now. Penn State, Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan, Wisconsin. Uh, it, it's a. I think it's a better conference. But Ohio State, just because you beat your rival, Ohio State has this cute little thing they do, and it's where they toy around and play like okay, and then they have one game that they play really. And this year was Michigan, so this year it's that their statement win. And they try to wash out whatever terrible moment they had midway through the season in order to get that. But but we just don't see it. Ohio State's defense isn't that much better than Oklahoma's to nudge them into the playoff over them. You're, you're acting like Ohio State has this stout front seven that, that, that just commands and is allowing like they 20 do. points a game. They don't. They're missing their best player. They're missing Nick Bosa. Yes, I understand so that. So how, how, how does that but deserve I'm you? I'm just saying as a team, as a whole, Ohio State is better than Oklahoma, in my opinion, because I, I they play in a tougher conference. They play defense better than the Oklahoma Sooners, and they have. To be honest, I would rather have Dwayne Haskins than and than Kyler Murray. Ugh. It's the Ooh. system. It's the system in Oklahoma that makes Kyler Murray that good. There's I think Dwayne Haskins is not going to be in the NFL. There's a reason I, I, why he's not going in the NFL because Kyler he's a better Murray. baseball player and he can make more money playing baseball yeah, and fine. it's safer. But he's okay. so he's oh, making a business decision. Good. Okay, that's fine. But he would not last in the NFL. I'll tell you that. He well, I think last. Dwayne Haskins could turn out to be a bust in the NFL, just like any Ohio State quarterback usually turns out. Oh, that, my God. Now we're going to go that? talk about schools and quarterbacks. Let me tell you something. It does not matter where you went to school if you're a quarterback. Okay, but then how come there's no successful quarterbacks in Ohio State? That's all I'm because saying. Because their system is built to, to, to coddle the quarterback in, in the system and then not, not produce yeah, no, a, a decent all right. I agree. prospect. You can't really like blame a school for how bad their players do in the NFL. Ohio well, State's the had like the same quarterback for like 10, 12 years, I feel like. Since prior, right? Is there like you know? It's like the same type of quarterback. It's pretty much it's the same. Okay, so give me a school that does well with quarterbacks, Chris. There you go. You guys I mean, can't you can name look one. What? Cal. They have two, Cal. They have two great quarterbacks in the NFL right now. Well, Aaron Rodgers and NC, Jared Goff. NC I think State. that that's a Philip Rivers. Dude, all right, then I'll give you Purdue for Drew Brees. I'll give you Michigan for Tom Brady. Come on. No, there's no there's no school in college football that ha- that's good for building quarterbacks. I'd argue that's just because of the scarcity of the position. I'd say that being a quality NFL quarterback is something that only like eight to ten men can claim. Exactly. And so I don't think that there's one school that can produce a exactly. factory. Of well, I'm just saying Ohio State is you're you're well, saying Dwayne like Haskins school, is though. better than Kyle Murray. I disagree yeah. with that, and okay, I think if you put him fine. in the pros, Kyle Murray would have a better career than I, Dwayne Haskins. I, I disagree with that. You could say Oklahoma has quality quarterbacks. I, I quality would say quarterbacks uh, you can agree with just that. because of the amount of quarterbacks that they've produced as prospects. Ohio State uh, oftentimes their quarterbacks will be turned into wide receivers or athletes. That's fine because uh, they don't advertise. They don't brand themselves as a quarterback school. Oklahoma, they tell their kids. They tell those kids in high school. We're a good quarterback school. How, how do you know that? Did they recruit you? No, they didn't recruit Did they come me, up to you and say, tell John, how it goes. John, we want you to play quarterback That's how Oklahoma, it goes because, listen, when you listen to guys like Sam Bradford and Troy Aikman, they say, I'm going to Oklahoma, I went to Oklahoma because there's guys like me that have been in my position that want to go to the NFL. I could get to the NFL as a quarterback if I go to Oklahoma. Hmm. Okay. So there you go. Don't try to. <laughs> hey, I'm just I, I didn't know I didn't know if in high You're school good. or something, man, you were a top prospect. Maybe you got until, it hurt. yeah, you know what it is. Until you know. I blew out my knee in practice, yeah. tore my ACL. I couldn't play anymore. <laughs> All right. Next segment, guys. Let's go to our buy, sell, or hold segment. You know how it goes. We go around, we ask a question, either buying it, you're selling it, or you're holding it. 
First question, the Vikings are overrated. Drew, buy, sell, or hold? Oh, buy, definitely. We were seeing this team be exposed. I was really hoping that Kirk Cousins and the Vikings kind of explosivity could collide and make this massive, you know, radioactive, you know, monster that, that could take over the NFC. I thought it would be an interesting experiment, but we've seen that it just it just hasn't worked. So I'm buying that they're overrated. It's looking like they're on the decline. I'm buying that also. The Kirk Cousins experiment doesn't look too good right now, even though his stats look okay. That's just the way it is for him. He may have the good stats, but something around his team just doesn't work. He just carries like a disease that makes his teammates not perform. Yeah, Kirk their... Cousins guy. Uh, he's okay. I... He's solid, but I want to consider him a top ten quarterback. Yeah, it's kind of a year to year type basis. It you is. Know? You kind of have to it's judge. It's a year to year basis, Drew or Chris. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Nice. Hey, it's th- only been one. <laughs> I think they're uh, overrated right now. Um, so I'm, keyword right now. So I'm gonna hold this. I'm going to see how they finish out the season. Because right now, the Bears are in a little bit of trouble after losing to the Giants. And I know, obviously, it's because Chase Daniel's starting. But the Vikings, you know, we've seen them play good games. And then we've seen them play bad games. So it's very, you know, I would say they are inconsistent. But are they overrated? I'm holding it. Because coming to the season, I didn't think they were going to be a great team. I thought they'd be a good team. But I, I thought, you know, the Packers would be better than them. I thought... The Bears might have a chance to be better at them. You know, I, I thought they'd be sitting at a five or a six seed or in the hunt, and that's where they're sitting right now. So I'm, I'm going to hold that one. Okay. Buy, sell, or hold. The Ravens will pass the Steelers for the AFC North title. I don't think so because I think that the Steelers have to continue to play their role of assistant to the regional manager, uh, which is the New England Patriots in the AFC. <laughs> I, I, feel, I, I feel like year after year the Steelers are kind of the assistant to the regional manager uh, in the fact that, that they can never close the deal. But but they'll dominate. They'll continue to dominate their mediocre division. So no, absolutely not. I, but despite a collapse, you know, a lot of people put a, a lot of stock in collapses. You're still seven four and one if you're the Steelers. You're in a very comfortable position in a weaker conference. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely keeping the Steelers up in that top spot. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that. Uh, look at their schedule ahead. The Ravens have Kansas City next week on the road. That's a loss. Tampa Bay at home. Eh, that's probably a loss. But Tampa Bay's been playing a little bit better. At the Chargers, probably a loss. And then a game that could be sneaky at the end of the season. Cleveland at home, but Cleveland beat them early in the season. Pittsburgh has at Oakland. That's a win. Home against New England, which, I mean, sometimes Pittsburgh shows up against New England games. It could be a win or a loss. Dwight is better than Michael sometimes. Yes. At New Orleans, we'll chalk it up as a loss. But they can contend. And Cincinnati, that's a win. They're one up right now on the Raiders, the Ravens because of that tie. I, I think they keep it. I, I don't think the Ravens push them for the division, but the Ravens end up making the playoffs. All right, I'm going to hold on this because I love me some Lamar Jackson. I love Lamar Jackson. He's a great <laughs> player. He's going to be a hell of a quarterback in the upcoming years. I'm just going to hold it right now because the Ravens are hot right now. The Steelers, two straight losses to teams that they should have blown out. So I'm holding. Okay. We're going to move on to the next one. Trading for John or Gene Segura was a good move for the Phillies. Buy, sell, or hold. I'm buying that because I think when you're in a trade and you're able to get kind of the, the prime asset, especially when you're in the Phillies position of pushing uh, – to, to get to get your roster back to a contending level, that acquisition is absolutely gonna gonna put them in the driver's seat as far as picking up picking up more free agents, picking up a better roster, and kind of revamping this team overall. So yeah, I, I buy that this was a great move. I'm I'm buying it too. I mean, I'm a Mets fan. I I like to trade the Mets to for Cano um, and and Diaz. 
but I think the Phillies made a great move. I wasn't sold on J.P. Crawford. I mean, I know the hype around him was he's going to be a young prospect, but the Phillies are in a mode where they're trying to attract some off some free agents. They're in a they're in a division where teams are getting better by the second with the Braves signing Donaldson and McCann, the Mets with Diaz and Cano, and still fighting for more. So this is a trade the Phillies had to make. They're getting Gene Secure in the trade, who's a great shortstop. About one, two, three, five in that lineup. It's really going to help that lineup. So I'm, I'm buying this. I'm, I'm buying also, and I think this is a move to attract Manny Machado. Yeah. As we know, Manny Machado could play third base and shortstop. I think getting Gene Segura, or Gene Segura, if, excuse me, a guy who's an, a former All Star, that makes the Phillies a little more attractive for a guy like Manny Machado. All right. Next, next question. After three straight wins, the Broncos are contenders in the AFC Wild Card hunt. Buy, sell, or hold. Man, that is it's iffy too because when you look at it. The AFC is very contested with a lot of teams that I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't mark as teams that should be. But right now, with how Andrew Luck and the Colts are playing, pretty on fire, a quality roster, finally seeing this prospect play up, I'd say no. The Broncos are only in the hunt with teams like the Colts. And I think they're going to be left behind by, like, you know, you have the Chargers who locked up essentially uh, that top uh, AFC wildcard uh, spot, and you, you got a bunch of mediocre teams fighting it out I don't think the Broncos are going to be that team they're hot right now but there are hotter teams out there okay I'm going to sell this I just don't have faith in Broncos head coach Vance Joseph yeah good three straight wins that's awesome but I don't see them going in the wild card Case Keenum he's not a quarterback I know he did it last year with the Vikings but I just don't have any faith in them either I'm holding this because I'm looking at the Broncos schedule right now next week on the road against the 49ers Probably a win. Home against the Browns on Saturday night. Maybe a win, maybe a loss. Away against Denver, a win. And then end the season wait, wait, again. Wait, away against Denver? Yeah. Oh, no, not Denver. I'm sorry. Against Oakland. Oh, okay. Denver goes to Oakland. Okay. And then they end the season with the, the Chargers, who, yes, they're a good team, but still division. The Broncos beat them a couple weeks ago, and then they'll be home for this game, the Broncos. So I'm, I'm going to hold this because if, if some things could go wrong, because you got to think about it. Next week, San Diego plays Kansas City. That's gonna be that's gonna be a tough matchup. San Diego plays. Uh, I'm sorry. Yes, and Baltimore plays Kansas City. Then a couple weeks, San Diego plays Kansas City. So there's a lot of games of two teams playing each other that could really go in the Broncos' favor. So if, I, I'm gonna hold this. If the Broncos keep winning and things go in their way, they they could sneak into a, a six seed in the wild card. Mm. Okay, let's move on. Travis Kelsey is a better tight end than Rob Gronkowski. Do you guys buy, sell, or hold? Oh, I'm buying that all the way. Rob Gronkowski, something has to be said for uh, for injuries, for health. Uh, something has to be, that has to be an impression. And so when Gronk isn't performing adequately healthy, and then he's already an injury-prone player, you have to just mark him down. And right now he's sliding and sliding and sliding as weeks go by. Uh, I for sure would put Kelsey and Ertz above him easily at this point I, I couldn't agree with you more I mean Gronk might have the physical appear of, of the best tight end in football but Travis Kelsey just plays at an extraordinary level he had two touchdowns yesterday Gronk only has two for the whole season he should have three touchdowns Kelsey he got touched it came back I, I still make the case too that Ertz is definitely a better tight end than Rob Gronkowski right now as well um, yeah and it's really the injury cause I mean Gronk's been playing with a lot of injuries. He can't stay healthy. It seems like in big situations he doesn't show up because he's hurt or because you know teams usually lock him down. But it seems like Travis Kelsey and Zach Ertz have no problem shining for their team when they need him. So I'm buying that. If both players are healthy, I'm taking Gronk, and I would think you guys would do the same. Correct or no? 
if both players are healthy. No, nah, I'm taking Kelsey. Taking I'm taking Kelsey. Uh, health I'm taking. is such a uh, such a muddled word as far as we don't know what health he's at right now. So I don't know. I'd probably take Kelsey. Okay, I'm taking Gronk if they're both 100. percent That's just in my opinion. But right now, with injuries, Travis Kelsey is the better tight end. But I do think. Zach Ertz is a better tight end than Travis Kelsey. Last segment for buy, hold, or sell. Next Sunday night, the Rams will have no problem with the Bears on the road. Buy, sell, or hold? Sell, sell. Uh, If we learned anything from the Saints and Cowboys, we'd say that it – you know, anything can happen and that these prolific offenses aren't quite... We've seen the Rams be reachable with a team that just fired their head coach, the Green Bay Packers, off of a, a costly Ty Montgomery fumble. So, no, the Rams have been shown to to give up uh, to give up plays, to, to show weakness in big moments. I'd say that to, to say that they would have no problem with the Bears would be awful. Uh, the three seed in the NFC, give more respect to the Chicago Bears. This is a tough question, and... I'm going to sell this also. I just think the Rams and the Bears, they're they're both teams that are really, really good teams, and it's at Chicago. Yep. So Chicago's become a very good place to play for the Bears. They're pretty they're solid at home. And I'm sure they are gonna come out pissed off after getting embarrassed by the Giants. I, I know it was a close game, but that was an embarrassing performance mm-hmm. from the Bears. I'm gonna sell this too. Um I think with the if Trubisky plays, which it's, he's probably going to play, they, they, they kept him out on Sunday for cautionary reasons, which now I bet Matt Nagy's kicking himself in the ass for that. Um, so if somehow he doesn't play, then I, I, I'm buying this. But he's going to play, and I'm selling this because, like you guys have been saying, the Bears' defense is great. It's at home, on Soldier Field, on Sunday Night Football. Last time they played Sunday Night Football, they smacked the Vikings around. And, I mean, yeah, the, the Rams' offense is explosive, but... The Bears' offense, too, when healthy with Trubisky, with Allen Robinson, with Anthony Miller, with Trey Burton, with Gabriel, with Howard and Cohen. Their offense is explosive. And right now, if I could pick one of these defenses, we were talking all offseason about how great the Rams' defense is. I'd take the Bears over the Rams' defense right now because how good they've been playing compared to how the Rams have been playing. I agree. Uh, Let's move on to hurry up offense, a fun segment. Will Kareem Hunt play in the NFL again? I'm going to go with yes. Chris? No. Yes. Yes. After this weekend, is Patrick Mahomes the front runner for MVP again? I'm going to go with yes. Yes. Yes, after a shootout. Will Todd Bowles be fired before the end of the season? No. I'm going to go with no. 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 The, yeah, the Jets are a classy organization. Number four, can Oklahoma compete with Alabama? I'm going to say hell no. Yes. Can they? Yes. Will they? Probably not. Should the college football playoff be expanded to six or eight teams? I'm going to go with eight teams. I'm going to go with eight teams. Yeah, eight would be interesting with with five conference winners and three wild cards. Will Mike McCarthy have a head coaching job next season? I'm going to go with yes and to what a lot of people have been saying, to the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I was going to say I think I could see him going to the Browns. If somehow he doesn't become a head coach, he's going to be an offensive coordinator. He will be employed next season. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely with a guy like his resume. Did the Flyers make the right move in hiring GM Chuck Fletcher? Yeah, yeah, no. Okay, I'm going to go with no, just because it's a guy who's been around for a long time. I just think the Flyers needed a young, fresh face. Yeah, I'm going to go with no, I agree. I think they they were a little old school, and they're still going old school. You need a little fresh face and fresh mind in there. Can UCF beat LSU without Mackenzie Millen, their star quarterback? No. I'm going to go with no also. I'm going to go with yeah. I think they can. 
Will they? No, but that defense is really good. They did they did come from behind and beat a Memphis team. And I just know Memphis is no great team. They're no LSU, but I mean we we've seen LSU play bad at times. I know they played bad against Alabama, and that's Alabama. But you know LSU, they have their good games, they have their 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 bad games, and it's all about if you stop the run or not. All right, fellas. Well, we've got our answers, and we'll just have to see how all this plays out and uh, what we discussed. So for Philly versus the world. Me, Drew Bishop, Chris Kosky, and John Iliano. We'll be back with you next week to talk some more Philly sports and nationwide sports.